Well, welcome back to another episode of Music Club FM. This week we are very, very excitingly looking at Download Festival, which was due to start yesterday. I'm really sorry this has gone on late. The reason is because I, this week, have roped in the help from a very old friend of mine called Jamie Oldfield. He's better known on the YouTube world as Jamie Slays, uh, where he just, like, plays insane guitars and makes really 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 cool videos about metal music and, and, and anything kind of heavy really. It would be very easy for me to look at Download Festival and just kind of go through some of the bigger names but having him on has been really great. He's walking us through some of the smaller acts, some of the older acts and the stuff that I don't know about. Uh, the stuff that we did do, I had a really good chat with him about, but he's walking us through some some incredible incredible records and some really cool bands. So without further ado, this is me and Jamie walking through Download Festival 2020, the lineup that never happened, and all of its offerings. Apologies up front for some of the audio in the video not staying in sync, but it's it's really, really fun. It's really long. It's the longest episode I've done, so it's taking me ages to edit, but it's really cool. So um, we're going straight into just talking about the distillers. I, d I did a video about distillers last year, actually. Um, Oh, Brody Dahl is still like so one of my cool. favourite people of all time. Oh yeah, man. She's an incredible like front of her, but Oh yeah, as what she does, she does really well. And then she's got that kind of like like really oddly attractive, I could beat the fuck out of you, but I'm also really fit at the same time. <laughs> I always love that about her. And her voice is insane. Like, yeah. It's literally just yeah. progression. It is like her just shouting. It's not like she's not trying to do anything specific. She's just shouting loud and that's what's happening, which is great. Yeah. I I think I, th I think that um, I kind of always knew of the Distillers, and like I think that some of their early records were on like Tony Hawk's and stuff when I was a kid. Oh yeah, um, correct, mate. Think he's probably. Oh yeah, well obviously, yeah. Um, I think it's probably when I first like, came across them. Yeah, that's the only time I even knew who they were because they had that really famous song, yeah. and then she had a, a mohawk at one point as well, which is obviously striking as, as hell. <laughs> but I can't believe they're still a band. Like I'm really pleased that they are. That's yeah. Awesome. Well, they put out a new EP last year, um, and it was like, oh, this is back, and it's a thing. Like, punk is still here, and it's not going anywhere, and it was brilliant. Um, and I went and saw them, and they were absolutely amazing. Yeah. Just so cool. It was a hot day as well, I remember it so well. I always felt, I always felt that, um, that Hayley Williams was a bit trying to like emulate Brody Dow a little bit. I think, it, certainly in the early in days, I think there's lots of, like, definitely... Um, Especially on stage because now she like wears big boots and stomps around like she's doing like punk moves and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've literally just found a picture of Brody Dow like sticking a um, a dart in her lip and she looks exactly like Hayley Williams. <laughs> so yeah, maybe. Um, Paramore definitely aren't on this lineup. <laughs> oh, but a fun chat anyway. Offspring? Love Offspring. Oh, so Literally. do I, man. Like, I did a video, I think it was like a year or two ago, and it was like riffs that got me into, or music that got me into metal. And it was because it's like gateway, isn't it? Like, when I was, when I was like eight or nine, I used to go to my mate's house, um, and he had an older brother who was like something like eight or nine years older than him. Mm. And he always had, and he had cassette tapes that shows how long ago this was. Yeah. Uh, and he had like camo 
wallpaper with like that like it was like decorated like it was an army surplus store and he had like a massive boombox and yet he, he always had offspring on and like all those kind of things like clapdown or whatever they're called and all those kind of bands were playing and i'd always listen to it in his room being like what's that like that sounds <laughs> interesting and like and then when pretty fly for a white guy came out i was yeah. like oh my god what is this this is amazing yeah and my dad bought me the single to it um I, 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 we're oddly I both got MOP Cold as Ice and uh, The Offspring Pretty Five for White Guy at the same time oh mate that is that, the like, story you're, you're just taking me <laughs> to 1998 right now that's amazing that's a fucking cold record yeah I think it would have been 1998 because I was yeah 1998 I think it was and yeah Offspring and then trying to learn their guitarists and stuff it's yeah. really hard like because they've been going since as long as like Metallica I think they're like almost the same age they've been around for almost about the same amount of time like at least wow. 30 plus years yeah and some of their like punk rock stuff is ridiculously hard to play because it's all like like full on well it's like fast isn't it like it's proper it was the first thing that I think that hindsight of doing of like researching scenes and genres that came before I was born like you had punk and then you had what they were doing and it was so much faster so much faster um, yeah. but yeah Pretty Fire for a I was like we're goofy and we're having fun but yeah. is it is that is it on Americana that album yeah that's one of the best that's oh, what a record yeah. I remember and it's got like the, is it She Hates Me or something what's it called no that's probably Puddle of Mud isn't it that's Puddle of Mud no uh, it's uh, get, get a Job <laughs> yeah that's it yeah and that, al- and that album was constantly yeah that was 1998 oh my god um, and that album was constantly on Kerrang as well like every single they ever did yeah the Kids Aren't yeah. Alright is probably one of my favourite songs she's absolutely yeah. I was going to say Kids Aren't Alright like that's amazing and it starts with that I always used to think it was the bu- the Buffy Buffy the Vampire Slayer yeah it does sound like it to be fair it does I wonder I wonder which one was inspired which yeah well I think it's the Buffy guys were called Nerf Herder which I think is a Star Wars reference definitely and they've been around for years so I think they they did it for right uh, okay (laughs) I did a cover of that song I love it but yeah Offspring for me I've never seen them live but that would be a definite I don't I I guess there would be a clash there but yeah I don't like I don't really like Kiss and Deftone so I think people will hate me for it but I probably would see The Offspring instead to be fair if I had a choice I think for for just like historic merit then yeah Offspring for me is definitely one I'd go see I I think I might have seen them actually they might have played Reading one year middle of the day but I was probably really pissed so I don't and they had that music video that had that girl in that was in every music video and she was in crawling as well like ah. and she has like those cans when they spray each other <laughs> it's got like the American <laughs> logo oh Brilliant. god my child yeah man and they <laughs> and you know what I, I enough for us nothing goes back about like we let's talk about Americana and is it Conspiracy of One was the other record that they had that was massive but even later on like was it Splinter that was a pretty good album I quite enjoyed that there was some really good records on that because they're still releasing music now aren't they I'm sure they are I'm, like, I think when you get to that point they just don't stop what was that song they did and it had like R- Red Man in the video uh, as original prank original prankster original prankster that's the one oh, yeah that was a brilliant <laughs> song I love that that was so, yeah, that's Conspiracy of One. I think that's my favourite album. Going on to the main stage, <coughs> I don't know anyone till Frank Carter. Okay, I know a few of them, so that should help. Yeah, talk to me about who. So, I don't know the way Wood Sons, I don't know theory, but Motionless in White and I know Black Veil Brides, they're both... American, they're both kind of like shock rock bands, right? Um, if you if you think of like Marilyn Manson, um, maybe like Rob Zombie, White Zombie style, but they're they're like metalcore, so they play like low tuned, 
like seven string guitars with like really high distortion yeah. but they wear like face paint and stuff um <clears throat> i imagine for this you can always put a picture of them in but motionless in white have been around for a long time and they sound a lot like Marilyn manson and there's a lot of talking vocals and there's a lot of synth and like weird keyboards and stuff yeah. but still really modern and then they still have lots of singing and stuff that makes them really popular and like kind of radio friendly but they they were one of the bands that started I don't know who actually started it, but there's there was a big tr there's still a big trend in metalcore scene to like paint yourself black, yeah. not like blackface, but like you paint your throat and your your arms and you literally yeah. paint it with paint and you look like I remember Wes Borland doing that once. Yeah, yeah. So if anything, yeah, maybe it was inspired by him because he's been doing it for years and yeah. his him doing it was no reference to anything. He just did it because that was his thing, mm. and it was it was so cool when he used to do that. He used to come out looking different every time. Yeah, but yeah, there was a big thing. You'd go to like a local show in Bristol in the Exchange and there'd be kids like covered in like the bands would be like covered in black paint and you're like what are you doing like look odd and i think it's actually to make <laughs> yourself look heavily tattooed because if you had like your throat in your hand yeah. and stuff you would be covered so i think it's yeah. like that but motionless and white yeah. and black bell brides both do it black bell brides are a bit more rock and roll avenged sermonfold guns and roses sounding like stadium rock right yeah um so they would, so they sound a bit like what if Avenged Sevenfold and Molly Crew and Guns N' Roses had a baby, but they also wear makeup too. So they used to just be like normal skinny jeans, V-necks and stuff, and then they kind of did a thing and they have like fire and there's lots of like operatic stuff, and the, which might be why they're on like the same stage as Kiss because obviously they dress a bit like them. Yeah, well I guess so, yeah. if you look at if you look at kind of stage makeup and you look at like the goth scene and then you look at people like Kiss, and the idea of painting your face is, is nothing new, and then I guess oh, yeah. ta tattoos is one part, but also just it, it just making that more and kind of paying your whole body is just a, another way of doing it isn't it yeah because a lot of, I think show. both the bands both of the bands might be from like the California scene yeah. which back in the day like maybe 2004 onwards there was like 18 Visions and Avenged Sevenfold and Poison the Well and all those kind of bands that were doing like wearing like pink eyeshadow and like the, when fully like emo was fully a thing and like with yeah. the fringes and stuff and I think they're just like the modern evolution of that I think right. they've just they're just the new version of what that was when we were growing up yeah. and that's what it is now have you ever seen Frank Carter or um, been to a Gallows gig? No, and no. Oh, um, I know who goodness. he is. I know who they are. Yeah. Um, I've seen his brother's band. That was interesting. Yeah. They were called like something in the blues or they're like a bluesy Sony band. But I know one thing I do like about them, which is why I'd like to see them, is I love his like animosity and like the amount of adrenaline that he's got. It does remind me of like early early Sex Pistols and The Clash and all that kind of stuff like he is one thing that I didn't like about going to gigs is like everyone's playing proficiently but it's boring like it's like you could be watching a robot like he's just so fully charged and whatever you whatever he's feeling at that point is what you're going to get and you'll you'll definitely remember that when you leave the room like he's a tiny little guy thin as anything just covered in tattoos and just like and he's ginger as well so it's like you probably <laughs> yeah. gonna give it to you fiery yeah. but yeah one thing about them is even if you don't like the music I think the show they'll put on a really good show because he's just like fully charged all the time yeah well my my, my brother and I and uh, my my best mate Smokey I, I remember it so well I think it was 2014 uh, I went to Reading Festival early on and <clears throat> Smokey said right I'm gonna go watch Frank Carter and I was like I have no idea who this guy is I've never come across him before hmm. I think I knew the record Devil Inside Me but I hadn't really come across them and by the end of the show, me, Will, Smokey and, and Lauren were just obsessed. I think I've probably seen him and them six, seven times now. And wow. every single time, they just level it up higher and higher and yeah. higher and higher and higher. Uh, he does That's this cool, amazing yeah. thing um, where 
he's part of the like safety for girls at gigs. So at Reading this year, there's like an amazing YouTube clip of it. But he was like, right, this one's just for girls. There are no men crowd surfing. Girls on shoulders, girls crowd surfing only. And literally, you've just never seen the most happy pit ever. <laughs> just like the, the most incredible, like the rage that came out of it was amazing. But he's seen him That's do cool, just though. wild like circle that. pits and he talks amazing politics. And you're right, it has that kind of Clash Sex Pistols punk era edge. Feels very current, similar to bands like Idols and stuff like that. But <clears> oh my God, if you ever get the chance to see him live, it's amazing. Yeah, because oh. yeah, I think um, our Sam, Sam Carter from Architects is, does a similar thing with the girls and girls not being like abused at shows and stuff. And yeah. He will, he had, there is a clip of him stopping a show because a girl was like being groped in, in the crowd kind of thing. Just bizarre. <laughs> and it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely, if you're up on that platform, it's good to see them using it in yeah. that way as well. Just cool. Well, I think, I think as well, like, I had no idea that that went on. I had no idea. And yeah. I, I stopped and I was like to Laura and I was like is that really a thing or is that like just is he just trying to win the woman vote and she's like yeah no that's a thing like yeah women are just put up there crowd surfing and you'll just get grabbed left right and center yeah like, I think it was only what? recently yeah people people talking about it openly I think Courtney Love talked about it all the time like mm. she's crowd surfing she'd have to wear like extra pairs of tights and stuff for that reason men are just disgusting <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it's just and it's it's nice it's sad that it has to happen but it's nice to see them to, standing up for it as well absolutely absolutely I tell you what if, if you want something to wake up to that you would, I know that you would enjoy actually the record is by Frank Carter um, oh what's it called Deftones, I've never been a big fan of, but I do remember them being on Kerrang! and listening to... Oh, um, Back to School. Oh, what an amazing tune. tune. What a tune. Yeah, I, I'm not... Like I said, it's sacrilege. I mean, they've got some really good riffs, and I don't know if it's Stefan Carpet or Stephen Carpet. I think it's Stefan. Um, he has some of the coolest guitars ever, and he has really low-range ones, so they're like nine strings and stuff. It's insane. Right. Um, and he kind of coined he didn't coin the seven string but there's a specific one that he made as a signature that was really popular with like death metal and death core bands because right. it was an accessibly kind of cheap one but they're really nice and yeah they're, some of their songs are cool and I've done videos of them because people have requested it and I've done a few of their riffs and I probably would see them if I had to like if I was at download and there was no other band I wanted to see I probably would go and see Deftones so that you can take it off um, and say you've seen them yeah I mean yeah. I've seen Chino Marino in Bristol like I literally walked past him um, <laughs> Because I wasn't a fan of them, I was just like, oh, oh, there's that guy from. There's that my girlfriend. I was like, there's that guy from Deftones. She's like, no, it's not. And I like Googled it, and it was like, Deftones are playing at Bristol tonight. And I was like, yeah, it was. <laughs> it totally was. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, I definitely recognise him from Kerrang at least. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're not. They're not one of my favourite bands. I, I don't. I don't really get on with his voice. I think that's the thing that bothers me the most. Yeah. He has like a kind of droney, whiny voice, which for me is really. It's just really like sensitive, sensorily like not. It doesn't tick any boxes for me. It's just like, nah, and I'm like, no, I can't do that. No, I know what you mean. It's that for me. I either want like clean singing vocals or aggression. I don't need that thing in the middle, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, I know what you that. mean. Like Jared Leto does. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, exactly. Deftones. I, I, I think I, I, I've, I have seen Deftones before, um, but I remember going. I'm gonna go to the bar. And, and it's no offence to people that like Deftones like I think they're a really important band for a lot of people mm. 
I I think they're just too slow for me. I think that's it. I, I'm a yeah, up-tempo guy. I think, I, think guy. I might agree. It is a it is a down-tempo thing. I'm not a man. Like, even bands that are super heavy, there's a band called Black Tongue from the UK that are, like, literally the heaviest thing I've ever seen, especially live. Mm. And even then, their songs, some of them are, like, 80 BPM because it's just, like, it's, like, droney. It's, like, it's meant to be doomy sounding and, like, really low and just, like, <laughs> and, like, just held out for <laughs> And then you're, like, oh, can you, can you crack on that like I love like full on full yeah. on like just fast and in your face and, and there's a time for droning there's a time for fast so as long as you can have, have a balance yeah. for the bone. but if yeah. you're, all your songs are the same and they're, well, they're all down that like mid-tempo range I'm like ah, I'm not interested yeah it's not for me it's not for me but it is clearly for a lot of people yeah I mean yeah like you said though they've had a massive impact on the world especially when the new metal thing was kind of kicking off and mm. they're still a band now and some of the new songs they've done are really good but they've been around a for years as well they're like they yeah. formed in the 80s yeah yeah, yeah. mad and they're still the same I think they've only lost one member and that was unfortunate because he passed away so uh, I think I remember that like yeah the bassist I think it was right. but um, if unfortunately if I was there I probably would have to be in the queue just to wait to see Kiss I'd, <laughs> I be, would... gay. I'd be gay yeah I'd be getting my spot just to go see Kiss and, and segueing on to Kiss I can't think of Kiss without thinking of the film Role Models <laughs> with Sean William Scott because he's obsessed with them he's talking about his dick <laughs> that's, another, that's another band that I'm not really a fan of, um, but they've got some great songs like Crazy Nights and what's the the rock and roll? God gave rock and roll to you that one. Yeah, so those two songs are amazing. And yeah, most of the bands that I love grew up listening to Kiss. Yeah, like so obviously it's an influence for a lot of them. Yeah, but I think I just I just found it jarring that they wore that scary face paint and then they're like the happiest rock band you've ever heard of. And I was like, I remember, oh. I remember having a similar th- feeling with with that, thinking right, they're going to be scary because my first. Like, I think as a kid, my first knowledge of seeing people wearing masks or paint was Slipknot. And they were fucking scary. And their music yeah. was fucking scary. I suppose to like a 10-year-old, it was really scary. But then I remember seeing, like, Marilyn Manson and being like, oh, this is going to be scary. And actually, Marilyn Manson isn't that scary. And it's not overtly heavy. It's like, it is like, not heavier, but it is like a kind of heavy version of, of David Bowie. Exactly. Like, it is yeah. shock rock. It is just... A lot of spo- it's more about what he's saying rather than mm. how he's saying it with him. Like the lyrics are definitely more meaningful, mm. and that's why I never really got into Marilyn Manson either. Like there's some songs that I really like, like Fight Song and Beautiful People, oh, Beautiful People's a hit Dope Show, and those and Disposable Teens and those kind of songs. But because he took a massive influence from things like Nine Inch Nails and like David Bowie, it is like David Bowie meets uh, Iggy Pop meets what's that like Alice Cooper and those kind of like shock rock yeah. elements. But it's still kind of mainstream in a way. Yeah, and I know exactly. Why, what you yeah, mean. for me, that's why Kiss is a bit like. But they look like that. But then they make me <laughs> <music> like this. <laughs> it's really but I do, odd. I, I do think though, if you look at if you look at Kiss and you look at that the era they represent, like they are eighties glam rock, hair metal. They're like the perfect kind of thing for all of that. Well, they've been they've been around for longer than that, haven't they? And Probably like late sixties or something. Well, I, I actually, I honestly, I don't know. Because didn't they do a disco checking. record? Oh, 1973, yeah. Wow. Didn't they do a disco record? 
I don't know. I don't and know. I think everyone, everyone was like, what is this? And they did an unmasking and then everyone hated them. Oh, no. Because they came out and did a, like, a whole show just as them. And I don't think people liked it as much because they love being like part of the Kiss Army and stuff. Wow, it's part of it, isn't it? It's part of it. It's just, yeah. it's funny. Like, it's like a whole So movement. I mean, like, Dimebag, Dimebag Dow from Pantera, his favourite guitarist is Ace Frehley from Kiss. And he, a lot of his um, guitars have stickers on them that are Kiss ones, like literally pictures of them. And then the drummer, like, there's a video of them like painted as them like it's like a, them as kids and then the drummer's wearing like his little cat makeup and stuff yeah. <laughs> like for me I think I could never disrespect them fully because like I said the people who I idolise love them but I'm I'm just not a fan but you know what I like I look I'm just looking at some of their records and I'm like actually you know what I was made for loving yeah. you oh just yeah, yeah. They, they are really good you just gotta remove the fact that they look like they should be a lot heavier and louder yeah <laughs> When we get onto Saturday, that's where my pe- interest peaks. I know so, some of those people personally as well. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. I only know, on that one, I only know Higher Power. So, I'll only talk about the ones I do know, because I don't know yep. some of them. But Lotus Eater, massive fan of them. That's yep. one, my girlfriend's one of her favourite bands. Um, they're they're very, very interesting. Like, they're, they're a new type of music that I'm still not sure what came first. So there's a band in Australia called Alpha Wolf, there's a band in Australia called Dealer, and there's a band in the UK called Loathe, who are also on this same day, but on, yeah. on the Avalanche stage. And they're all very similar sounding, but I don't mm. know which one came first. So it's almost like the new metal revival. It, some of it is like new metal 2019, and that's awesome, because I love new metal, it's one of that's, my favorite genres. That sounds right, my So yeah, Lotus Eater are from Scotland, um, and they're one of the, like out of all the bands I've ever seen in my entire life, they've put on one of the best live shows I've ever seen in the exchange in Bristol. Oh, I've like, been to a couple of really good gigs yeah, there. 50 to 100 people, if that. Yeah. And the guy was playing as if there was like millions of people there. And Amazing. It was, it, it's, it would come across as aggressive because he was saying like, I want to see people die and all that kind of stuff. But it was, he was such a good hype man for his own band. It was insane. Like he was the front man that everyone would want as their front man yeah and he's just like the, the, they play like really really low tuned guitars like literally like like you're playing essentially a bass but on a guitar and it's groovy as anything and they use like really weird effects which is why it's like new metal style and they've and the vocals are they're aggressive but they're more like shouty rather than, than extremey or like guttural right. they're, they're, they are just him going like Rah! rather than him like putting on a voice and, and yeah they're insane and they're currently they're about to go on tour with Poppy as well Oh, wicked. Which is insane because obviously she's like just blown up over YouTube because she's like this weird character, which is like a robot. Yeah. But they they also went on, I think they went on tour or it got cancelled, but they were going on tour with Bring Me the Horizon. Right. Um, which is also massive because at, was it, where was it? It must have been a festival where they were both there because it was before Corona. Like now life is like pre-Corona and past. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was... Ollie Sykes got the vocalist of Lotus Eater out on stage with him and did a song with him, That's which cool. obviously makes them just go like yeah, skyrocket. Well, you know what? Yeah, I hear I hear I hear Poppy and Bring Me, and I go right. There's someone who's thinking outside the box. So that's I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. What what record do you recommend? Right, let me find you my favourite one because I can never with most of these bands I know the riffs but I don't know the songs <laughs> or, the, or the lyrics or anything. I know how to sing along to it. Yeah, like riff wise. <laughs> Oh, here we go. Here's a nice little advert. But they've got, they've done a really good thing as well that a lot of bands are now doing as well, where they release singles before they release an album. 
Yeah. And it's a really big thing now, especially with like the YouTube generation, to bring out a single and then release it all as like a big playlist mm. rather than bring out an album. Because you bring out an album this week, next week you're off the charts already because not enough people listen to it or there's a new album out next week. Yeah. Whereas if you bring out a new, al- a new song every month or every two a week, you're constantly like charting. So yeah. I think that's what they, they started doing that a lot. Yeah, I think I think there's a that's a there's a lot to be said for that. It's definitely it is definitely to do with like YouTube and um, the way the algorithms work. Uh, coming out, yeah, how how the algorithms work and like there's a guy that I um, follow quite closely, but also he owns a guitar company that I'm endorsed by. His name's Ola England, and he is a YouTuber also, and he did like a like a clinic. Um, where he talked about like band, he almost basically said like albums are dead that like, it's a dying format like bands nowadays if you want to become up and coming you need to be making like singles and doing them every so often rather than doing an album like a 10 yeah. track album that no one's going to listen to yeah, yeah well I think also like it helps build it helps build like the the hype doesn't it like if, if, you, if you're listening to a record and you know because you have loved five of the songs over the last you know six weeks yeah. or, or like two months or whatever that, that's happened recently with the Bankwell sports team who are definitely not going to be on this lineup, but they're they're um, they've just released their debut album, and like nine or ten of the tracks that on that album have been released previously, and so I listen to yeah. the whole album. I'm like, this is amazing. Because they'll, just they'll a good collection of music. all at the same time. Like it'll Maybe, be recorded yeah. in the studio collectively, but they'll just release them separately. Um, but yeah, the, the best Lotus Eater song is called Gloom. Gloom. Which, because I think the Glasgow is like death as gloom. Death as gloom. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Like. Yeah, if you have, if anyone who ever wants to listen to like, because they're not they're not like metal. Like, there's definitely a weird crossover still with some of these bands on this stage as well. That even when like Loathe, they're not like a metal band, but they but they belong but they belong on that. Stage. But they're in the metal genre. Yeah, they're in the metal genre. There's like a lot of bands yeah. that aren't like metal. I like there's that. A, then the, there's the whole like hardcore versus metal argument and that kind of bridging the gap. So that I definitely think they're. I, I would definitely say that like, I don't know if they would agree, but like they're like the new metal revival, like the 2019 new metal revival. Bleed from Within are a band that I know personally and I've known for years. Yeah. Um, and they're amazing also. They're also from Scotland. Um, all got really long, well, two of them have got really long ginger hair, which is great. Um, they've been around since like 2009, I think. Um, and I, ever since I heard them, I wanted to be in that band. There's videos of me on YouTube maybe 10 years ago playing their songs and stuff. <laughs> um, and we've played in Bristol. We played many, many gigs with them. And the first gig I ever played, they came to it because they just had a day off. And I was like, Oh my god, this is amazing! Because um, <laughs> I got to say hello to them and stuff. And but now I talk to them, kind of, kind of like I know them, but I'm, well, I haven't got their phone number or anything. I can't just call right. them up. But I talk to them casually. But one of the guitarists who used to be in the band is now the guitar tech for Architects. Right. Um, his name's Martin, and he's from Bath, and he's really good friends with Jimmy Cribb and those kind of people. All right. Um, so he's he's been around for a while. But yeah. They've, they've just released a new album literally like two two weeks ago called Fractured or Fractures right. and it's really good it's mixed by a guy called Nolly Get Good who um, humble brag is one of my friends also um, right. but he's he's mixed a few probably a few of the bands on this on this stage um, but yeah it's really good it's, it's kind of they're another band that now don't really fit into a genre they're just metal like they literally just are a metal band in the same way that they've been likened to the UK's version of Lamb of God um, I'm not necessarily thinking musically, but just in the similar kind of where they've come from, what they've done. Mm. They've changed their style quite drastically. Like they initially were like a death, 
deathcore, metalcore band, so it's like just like the same kind of riffs that everyone else was playing. Then they've kind of branched, you can see that they've branched out a little bit, and now they're just doing what would be considered, I suppose, radio friendly metal. So it's probably the heaviest thing that can be commercial right. rather than the commercialist heavy thing. If that makes yeah, sense. yeah, 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 um, yeah. So similar to, they've added like singing into it, so they've added their, one of their new guitarists can sing really well, but then the vocalist now does pitched pitched screaming so like he's hitting a note specifically he's not just making random noises right which which bands like architects did and bands like while she sleeps did and they're they've got that formula down as to how to be kind of heavy but like relatable and radio friendly at the same time yeah, so yeah definitely they in and definitely up there they should definitely be higher on that stage to be fair but they are very good <laughs> Chelsea Grin are another really big band that I've been a fan of for years. They're another deathcore, death metal band from America. So it's definitely a ch- that's definitely a deathcore yeah, band. Yeah, this is why name, Death Dog it? Two Stage is probably, probably one of my favourite ones. Um, and they play really low seven strings and eight string guitars. I saw them in Bristol last year, I think. And they've got a new vocalist now who was in another band. So they did like a swap. Like literally, like the guy from Chelsea Grin left. I think he went into another band, but I don't know if he still is in that band anymore. But then the guy who's their current vocalist was in a band called Lorna Shaw, who are also really good, but he's now in Chelsea Green and they're, they're really, really heavy. And there's a really funny video on YouTube, if you look it up after, of a security guard at a gig in America, just like proper vibing and like loving it. And like everyone's just, fo- <laughs> everyone just focusing on his reaction. He's probably heard of them before, but generally with security guards, they're always like, what the hell is that noise? Whereas with him, he's like fully getting into it and he like knows where all the like, yeah. props are and stuff. And it's really cool. That's a really funny video, but yeah, they're really, really good. And they've only got one guitarist to like a four piece, but they have like a MacBook Pro with like samples and stuff. So yeah, they're That's awesome. Cool. If most people probably know who they are if you like metal. The next band is Dying Fetus, who've been around for a very long time. <laughs> Forever. Literally, like, yeah genuinely forever like they've been around since 1991 um, so yeah. I was three years old when they started being a band um, yeah. they're a really big traditional so they're like a traditional death metal band so they're like there's only three of them as well so their guitarist right. is their singer and then I think they have a bassist and a drummer and that's it um, yeah. but yeah they're, they're they're on a record label called Relapse Records which is <clears throat> one of those labels like with a lot of them where when you see the the name of the label on the cd you just buy it because it's going to be good yeah so like with a lot of rec- like roadrunner records has always had like slipknot and kills his engage and stuff so you just go oh roadrunner right, yeah. buy that. um <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they're really good i'm not a massive fan of them as in i don't really listen to them very often but i think i've seen them live a few times and they blew me away because they're like just on it like they play really yeah. fast death metal with like like a click track and the drummer's ears and stuff and they're just like fully on it oh yeah so the bassist plays the bassist does vocals the singer plays guitar and then they've got a drummer but yeah as you can imagine by the name dying fetus they're not going to play radio very much no definitely not so obituary are another really classic old band and I, I'm not sure if they've got the same members. I w- I'd be surprised if they did, because some of them in the pictures look really young. Mm. Um, but they're like, again, traditional death metal, which is why those two are next to each other and Billy Sepultura as well. Mm. Um, but the obituary are one of those bands, if, if it makes any relevance to anyone, but they play in an E standard tuning, which is like the standard tuning that any guitar comes in initially. Right. Um, 
And that's interesting because it means that they can still make heavy music, but playing in the standard tuning that your guitar comes set up in. Right. Whereas a lot of those other bands we just talked about all play in like really weird low tunings because obviously there's the theory that the lower that you play, the heavier it is. Um, which is why it's good for bands like Dying Fetus and Obituary that do play in like a higher standard tuning and still sounds heavy. Shows that it's not necessarily the tuning that you're playing in, just how heavy the right. riffs are. So how, how you do it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, and then Sepultura, so that's another band that's been around since 1984. Um, right. They're from Brazil. Oh, and, really? And Yeah, and they have their brothers, two brothers called the Cavalera brothers, Max, Max Cavalera is their vocalist, and they've literally been around forever, and they used, always used to wear like typical kind of leather jackets, long sleeve shirts, heavy metal hair, like long wavy hair. I only knew about them because when I was growing up and listening to new metal, there was a band called Soulfly um, that did a song with Corey Taylor from Slipknot. Right. And the, the vocalist from Soulfly was the vocalist from Sepultura. So Sepultura are like a really, really old thrash metal band. Right. Another band that play in East Standard, which is heavy as well. But they were really like, like again, if you imagine it's the same era of Slayer, Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, Sepultura, fast. Just everything was fast. Mm. And heavy and the, the vocals aren't like similar to Metallica they're not like shouty and aggressive they're more just like them going rah rather than aggre like aggressive like, but not but not like yeah they're not like putting on like a death metal growl or anything it's just yeah. them being aggressive so I, my, from my knowledge of, of download and that stage is that it's, it's a very small stage so that sounds like it would be pretty cool to see well yeah there's not very many bands on there for the whole day Loath are one of those bands I was saying that playing like a really weird low tuning. Their bassist actually plays a squire bass, but it's actually a guitar. So they're oh, right. popular in, in that scene um, because it's, a, it's an extended range like a bass, but all there's six strings on it like a guitar. So you oh, can right. just play normal bass riffs, but you're playing them as, as quickly and as rapidly as a guitarist would. So I right. think it's either their bassist plays it or their guitarist plays it. And a lot of people on YouTube now who do like Loathe and Lotus Eater covers will buy one because they're really cheap. They're like 100, 200 pounds, but because they are as long as a bass, but thin, thinish strings and you can play riffs on them, it sounds really odd. So Loathe started doing that weird kind of thing, which is why I was saying I don't know who came first, Lotus Eater or Loathe. Right, but it's all a bit experimental. And uh, did you have a funeral for a friend moment when you were in your late teens like I did? Oh yeah, Juno was a banger. Um, I remember buying the single of Juno and I think it had a tree on it, or that was sick, I can't remember. But it had two versions and one was spelt like Juneo, like like with like bow, like E-A-U, and then one was spelt like J-U-N-O, I think. Right. And one had one had screaming in it and then the other one didn't. So yeah. one was like the radio friendly version and one wasn't. They had their like so, yeah, acoustic-y acoustic like, we're going to pretend to be a California band part yeah. and the other one yeah, was yeah. like no and we're we're from yeah Cali. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Roses for the Dead is an absolute tune oh, um, in fact wait there Ooh, oh, have you got vinyl or something history <laughs> there's, there's history Bosch band also yeah <laughs> uh, I've got I think this has got that's the video mix I, I remember buying it on a 7 inch like must have been 2007 and just being like yeah that'll do they're amazing Oh, there you go, Roses for the Dead on 7-inch. <laughs> this year's most open heartbreak, is it called? That, that song. I, I had most... Hours, yeah. um, oh which was an amazing album. Uh, and I, it was it Casually Dressed and Deep in Conversation was their first record. I don't think I ever really listened to it. 
Um, but the first, that, that, that second album hours, I f***ing love to see Funeral for a Friend. I've never seen them. Yeah, because they technically split up, didn't they? Yeah, oh, they did they? Up. They went on like a hiatus or something. Yeah, they split up for forever. Then they did a final, final show and they did it in Moles in Bath. And apparently no way! Yeah, it was literally only like two years ago or something. I Shout out to Moles in Bath. What a venue. Yeah. Yeah, what a venue, hey Moles. And it was apparently rammed and there was sweat dripping off the ceiling and everything. And then they did, recently, they did two more shows because it was like a cancer awareness thing. Because one of their biggest fans, unfortunately, was dying of cancer. So I think it was like a last wish type thing. Right. And they agreed, instead of just donating loads of money to him, they would do two last shows and all the money from that would go to him, or the right. fund of the charity. And then obviously they've got asked to do download and they said, yeah, but now unfortunately they can't do it yeah but I remember like Streetcar that song yeah and like the bit at the beginning was his actual phone number and people figured it out and started calling that's the reality of it yeah apparently it was his actual phone number stupidly they didn't just type a random number in and then people called him and he had to change it but they were brilliant that band was I think they took a lot of inspiration from Atreyu yeah um, because both the drummers used to wear little mini mics and sing as well Mm. Um, so yeah the drummer and Funeral for a Friend did and so did the guy from Atreyu so they almost like Wells' answer to Atreyu but yeah they were brilliant uh, for anyone that was that was looking to like get into a scene then the kind of British indie scene uh, the emo scene sorry which I thought was just absolutely brilliant Um, they just smashed it they just absolutely smashed it And, and and that second album theirs was absolutely brilliant that whole bit, I would skip all of those bands and go straight to Mastodon. Well, but Bush, fun, fun fact, the, the lead singer was married oh, yeah, to Gwen Bush. Stefani for years. They never yeah. really did it over oh. here, did they? They're much bigger no, in America. Cause they're, but they're English though, weirdly. So Yeah, very strange. Um, but yeah, I'd probably wait for Mastodon, but I'm not a massive fan. I've seen Mastodon with Slipknot and Slayer. That was awesome. Yeah. They've got a song called March of the Fire Ants, which is insane because they did a thing. I don't, again, I don't think they were the first people to do it. Black Sabbath might have done it years ago, but the guitar was in a standard tuning, but then the lowest string was tuned really low down to an octave below. So right. when, you're playing, when you're playing a standard power chord, you're actually playing like an octave chord, but the lowest note is like B or something. Right. Ridiculous. And that's a really good song. But I'm not a massive fan of them, and I know people who love them. And yeah, well, they have been around for a again. long time as well. And they're all ginger, which is great. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone that's on yeah. audio version of this, Jamie is ginger. And then Killswitch are obviously like one of the best bands of all time. Right. So I, I'm going to have to admit something to you, Jamie. I I, I don't know much Killswitch Engage. So you this is your time them? to shine. Oh, I've heard of them, You're of course. Right? Yeah. So um, Killswitch have been around for a very long time. They they did a thing where their first album was 10 years ahead of its time. So the bands that were coming out in 2010 were starting to sound like what Kills in the Gates sounded like in 2000. Right, okay. So they were doing kind of drop C metalcore, singing and screaming, like screaming verses and then chorus was always like beautifully sung. But the, the stuff that they were doing was, again, it was riffs that it's a catch-22 either the riffs now sound like that because of them or vice versa but they were doing stuff that everyone they like led the way with that kind of sound and then everyone just kind of copied what they did um, right. then the, the then they got really big and their vocalist left because I think he couldn't deal with the pressure of being in a big band and touring a lot because I think he had a family 
um, and they got a new guy called Howard Jones who was then in the band for ages I think he's technically been in the band longer than the other guy right um, and they did a Dio cover of Holy Diver and it's amazing they've got songs like End of Heartache Rose of Sharon um, My Curse a lot of the people might have only ever heard them because of like the Resident Evil soundtrack they had a song on that right and they had their music video is like from the movie the one with Mila Jovovich yeah um, and then I think their uh, other singer uh, Howard ended up dealing with sobriety issues so I think he left and then their original vocalist came back which was amazing because it was like the biggest revival ever and everyone was like oh my god the new vocalist is the old one <laughs> they did another album with him and it was amazing and they've done two since then live they're ridiculous their guitar tone is insane like they, they're really funny as well like the, the guitarist always wears a little cape mm. and he eats pizza and stuff there's a video of him because he has a they all have wireless guitars like he walks over to the the bar and he's asking for a shot of whiskey while he's like he's still playing and he's like having a drink and he's like because he's wireless he's just like, some of their wrists are just like him playing with one hand and then he's like he makes shot brilliant and it's brilliant and that's like they put on such a good show but then they actually on their, late, their recent album did a song with both the vocalists like the previous one and the new one right and that was cool so yeah Every, anyone who's a metal fan has to have heard of Killers Engage before. Yeah. Because they're ridiculously good. Uh, the Kajira are a French band and they're they're really good. But they, they play in like really weird time signatures and they have like really interesting riffs and stuff. Again, it's not a band I massively like, but I did actually have a guitar lesson yesterday and the guy wanted to learn one of their songs. So there's a song called Silvera, which is just silver with an A on the end. There's like some really interesting like tapping and stuff going on. So yeah, right. That's cool. Um, and again, it's they're fans of Godzilla because obviously that's what they're called, Godzilla. Yeah, which is awesome. Alter Bridge, do you know who that is? No. Have you ever heard of Creed? Yeah. It's, it's Creed without their vocalist. It's a new vocalist. So does he still sing like this? A little bit. Um, I always thought Creed sounded like when South Park take the mick. Hell, you're not a stage. I just think of Creed, and I just think they are every band in the nineties. Like if you go back and listen yeah. to like any band in the nineties, that was like that's it. Absolute Christian metal. Oh god, yeah. Um, oh, Bridge aren't that bad. They're pretty good. Like Mark Tremonti is their guitarist, and he's really good. He's also a massive fan of Dimebag Dow from Pantera, which is cool. But there was one really song that I did like called Broken Wings, I think. Right. Yeah, 2010. Yeah, Broken Wings. No, Open Your Eyes, sorry. Oh no, yeah, it is that one. Yeah, Open Your Eyes, I think, was... It only got released in 2019 on YouTube, but it's a really old song, I think. Right. Well, they all fell Uh, and then Iron Maiden again like with Kiss I'm not actually a massive fan of Iron Maiden yeah um, which is sacrilege for a metal fan yeah that shocks um, me there Jamie yeah I mean I should like them because I'm actually not even a massive fan of Black Sabbath either to be fair right. and that comes down to the thing we were saying earlier about like tempos and stuff like for me it has to be kind of upbeat and mm. kind of like lively but Iron Maiden alright I just don't really like the vocal style it's like power metal and yeah. it's like it's of an era though isn't it I think if you, if you cast your mind back oh, yeah. to like when it yeah, was yeah. it was so and they're so British as well. That's the bloody best bit about them. Um, and uh, Bruce Dickinson is a pilot. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've noticed that he's like now wears like a World War Two like gunner's outfit. <laughs> yeah, it's very I odd. I don't, again, if I was around in the eighties, I probably would have bloody loved it. Yeah, I probably would have loved Black Sabbath and Iron Maiden and Judas Priest. And I think because I grew up listening to metal in like two thousand and one, I think it was like the new metal era. It was 
Kerrang wasn't showing Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath, and Judas Priest. They were showing Slipknot yeah. and Linkin Park and Limp Bizkit. So it was like I, remember I instantly the, went straight into like the opposite yeah. genre to what they stood for. But I, I remember as well, like going back to like Kerrang and stuff. They would they would every so often they play like a Kiss record or a or um I remember them playing yeah. Run to the Hills by um yeah. by Iron Maiden on there so well. And I just remember at the start it said give it respect they started it but I remember listening to it going this isn't very good this is like you know all the heavy yeah. stuff but there's a yeah there's a band that I really like called Cradle of Filth and yeah. I, always rem- I distinctly remember when I was on like Dark Starlings or Vampire Freaks or whatever it's called it's basically like Facebook for goths some, and, some goth forum yeah and um I put Cradle of Filth as one of my favourite bands and I was just like, but I don't like Iron Maiden and someone was basically like, if it weren't for Iron Maiden, Cradle of Filth wouldn't be a thing. And I was like, yeah. oh yeah, I suppose you got a point. And then like, Cradle of Filth have done Iron Maiden covers. They've done like, um, oh, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, it's a, yeah, I've done a cover of it. I can't remember what it's called, but they there is, they have a point, but at the same time, the Rolling Stones is Slipknot's biggest, biggest influence yeah. and they don't say anything like them. Yeah. So. I don't like the Rolling Stones. Well, either. you know, it's the same yeah. thing where, like, you could say, like, you don't have techno or you don't have house music or you don't have pop music or anything without craft work. That doesn't mean that you yeah, have to exactly. love craft work. Like <laughs> yeah. uh, but if I was to put an Iron Maiden song, it would probably would be either the Number of the Beast or the Trooper. Yeah. Because the the riffs in them are pretty cool. And yeah. like I said, they've got three guitarists, so really I should love it because it's like guitar harmonies coming out your ears. Yeah, the next stage, what's the next stage called? Uh, the Dogtooth stage on the Sunday is actually a really good one as well. I don't know um, any of those guys. I only know, well, the ones I would see would be Polyphia. Uh, Polyphia are an instrumental band, so they actually have no vocalists whatsoever. Um, that's a really, real big thing for the last maybe eight years. Right. There's a lot of instrumental bands, either they're one person that has a studio band, or, or, sorry, like a stage band, or they are a band, but they only do instrumental. So Polyphia are like really young from America. So when they started, the kid, his name is, oh, where can I forget his name? Tim. Um, and he's like, now he's only like 21. But when they started, he was like a, like a kid. Right. And he's ridiculous. Like he's, they, they went from like shred metal to now that, you might actually really like their new stuff. Like the new stuff is heavily inspired by like hip hop. Right. And it's like, the, played with a real drummer, but the drum beats are like, like drum beats from a hip hop album. They're like got skull and snaps, breaks, and stuff, or funky drummer, or whatever. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, he does. He clearly listens to. He makes instrumental beats in his spare time, which are like trap beats and stuff. So you can see now how that's like travelled over into Polyphia. But they're really cool. They do. They have. They had an album that has every song has a guest guitarist on it, like another oh, really cool influential idea. guitarist. And because they don't have vocalists, the guitarists act as a singer, so they do like lots of melody and stuff. Right. And they're really good. Um, North Lane are also really, really good. So I was saying earlier about Nolly Get Good, who mixed the Bleed From Within album. He also mixed the North Lane latest album, and it won Best Album of the Year last year. Wow. Um, and if you want to hear New Metal in 2019, that is literally, it is literally taken from that year and just made modern, but in the best way possible. So North Lane's latest album is ridiculously good. I've listened to it maybe hundred times at least I listen to it almost every I listen to it almost every day when it when it first came out I listen to the singles because I like that they do that thing now where you like pre-order it it like goes into your thing and you just listen and I listen to maybe the th- three songs over and over just on a, on a loop 
They have a song called Talking Heads and Bloodline in 4D. I think Bloodline is probably the one I'd recommend. Yeah. Um, and there's like some dark lyrical material in it where the singer talks about his parents being heroin addicts when he was a kid and not really knowing if he was going to get food that day and all that kind of stuff. And it's yeah. really kind of cuts right to the bone. But the album is insane. And again, if you like new metal, it is literally new metal 2019. Periphery is a band that Nolly was in. So that's also another mention of him. Yeah. Um, but Periphery are a band from America. Um, their guitarist, his name is Misha Mansour, and he initially was in his own studio project just called Bulb, like Light right. Bulb, um, and he used to just release his own music on, there's a really famous uh, guitar forum just called sevenstringforum.org, um, um, and it's just a forum for people to talk about guitars and music and stuff, and he always used to post his songs on there, and then that just evolved into Periphery, and like the members are all from different parts of the world, or different parts of America at least. And he used to just like send them stuff and they'd like work on it remotely. They're not the inventors of it, but they were one of the first bands to do the kind of gent thing, which is D-J-E-N-T, which is like, it's really low tuned metal and the, the, the word gent comes from the progressive sound of the guitars. So right. The, uh, percussive, the percussive sound, sorry. So it sounds like a drum. So it's like a right. like that kind of thing. Um, and there's a band called Meshuggah from Europe who kind of started the thing. They're not a gent band, but they inspired a lot of people to make that kind of music. Mm. Periphery always they always had like three guitarists as well, whereas now I think they've only got two. And then Nolly was in a band in Bristol called Red Seas Fire, which are like the British equivalent of Periphery. And then their bassist, Periphery's bassist left and then Nolly joined as their bass player. Um, he was like a fill-in, but he stayed for ages. And now he's like their mixing engineer and he does their albums and stuff. And I think now they actually play live with a, a laptop as the bass player. <laughs> no way! <laughs> they like use yeah they use like the stems that he's actually fully, like, right. fully recorded, and they put them through the PA, and it just sounds like there's a bass player there. That's so cool. Well, um, I I did a video about the, the her, uh, I did a video about Cemetery Sun, and I did a video about Milk Teeth. They're all kind of pop punky bands. Mariana's um, Trent, Trench. I know is a place. Cool, but I know there's a band. Yeah, there's a band in America called August Burns Red who have a song called Mariana Trench. There's also good. a really good beer so. called Mariana Trench. Mariana Trench Foot. There you go. There you go. It's a there you nice go. IPA. For the Bonifacio Soup. <laughs> absolute bangers. Like again, talking about Offspring and Kerrang. Yeah. Bonifacio Soup. <laughs> like that song. Girl, all the bad guys one was one of the songs of our generation. It was. I think, like. uh, do you know, I, I did a video about Bowling for Soup last year, one of the first ones that I did. And, and basically, I, I put a video together before I did my WTF series, which just basically said that, like, RNL is a festival of new music. It's what young kids listen to. This is what it is. Yeah. And so when I did my bonnet, and this is to clarify for anyone that's watching this, that's uh, that's that's <laughs> wondering what the fuck, because there was so much hate. But Bowling for Soup, the reason I was questioning why they were playing Reading and Leeds is because they're not a new band. They're not releasing new music or like they're not current yeah. with seven, 16 and 17. They're still just playing their old songs. Absolutely. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just. It just wasn't designed it's for that fact. stage. They're not new, yeah. <laughs> That's all it was. So, to clear it up, I don't hate Bonham Pursuit. I would definitely go see it. Oh, mate, <laughs> so much hate. I've got more dislikes than I've got likes. Um, not as bad as Bastille, but, you know, I got absolutely torn apart. I still get messages yeah. going, how dare you, you're a f***er. <laughs> yeah, Bonham Pursuit are, like, so good. Like, they're so funny and just, like, camp and... They have a laugh they with it, don't they? know what they are, and it's just, yeah... But they also did a cool thing, and I think I think it might have been downloaded last year or Reading or something like that, where they played 
and they did you know like on Kerrang they always did the in-between bits with in- interviews of the band members and stuff mm. they're like hi I'm backstage with the guys from Bottom of Soup and they did a thing where they did Girl All the Bad Guys One but changed the things to be modern references right so instead of saying like uh, she likes Godsmack and Agent Orange which were like really heavy bands and he's like but I love whoever he loves he says like Post Malone and someone else <laughs> and he like references like Snapchat and Instagram and stuff right. so it's like like a modern rendition it's an update of it so, yeah, I re- yeah it's just an updated version like oh, you said they're not like releasing that. new music they're just updating the old ones so yeah. yeah that would probably be the song on the playlist has to be Girl of Bad Guys 1 or what was the song they did um, where the video was them like in a street and the lady uh, it was like across the road was where, like a MILF yeah 1985 that's the one that was 1985 one. yeah <laughs> but I like it because the video is them dressing up as loads of other people from 1985 yeah. and they do like a Motley Crue thing and they have a laugh with it yeah absolutely yeah um, so yeah I probably would watch them Uh, the next stage, the second stage, Yeah. I only know maybe two or three bands. So Wednesday 13 is someone who's been around for a very long time. So Wednesday 13 was in a band called Murder Dolls, um, which was the band that Joey Jordison from Slipknot was in, kind of created. Him and, him and Wednesday 13 made Murder Dolls, and it was the first time you saw Joey with that mask on. Right. So it was like, wow. I remember getting the like the Kerrang edition was like you're not going to want to miss this magazine next week because you're going to see a, a, a like Joey Jordison without a mask on. Yeah, which at that point it was it was his Stone Sour. Like yeah, well, well no, Stone Sour and Wednesday um, Murder Dolls came out at the same time, right. so it was like Slipknot went on a hiatus after their Iowa album, like just like we need a break from each other because they hated each other, and they did other things. But Wednesday Thirteen actually was a band with four Murder Dolls, and it was kind of, it's kind of like um, White Zombie and Rob Zombie. It was kind right. of like White Zombie, uh, Rob Zombie re-released some of the White Zombie songs as his own songs, right. and Wednesday Thirteen did the same thing with Murder Dolls. Right. Um, but it's kind of like shock rock. It's like it is like glam rock with a heavier lyrical. It's more about like mur- if you if you know like there's like a lot. of goth kids that love like b-movie horror films that kind of thing it's yeah. like that yeah. like they have they they were they only wore black and red in murder dolls and when i say 13 i think kind of started that they like shaved their eyebrows and drew them on with like eyeliner pencils and stuff <laughs> but they played essentially like gibson sgs and like really like normal looking kind of rock and roll guitars and played like riffs that were what you'd associate with bands like poison and molly crew right. not like super metal chugs and stuff it was like power chords and stuff but they had songs that referenced like Dawn of the Dead, the film, and there was like samples from films and stuff in it. Right. But I haven't listened to Wednesday 13 since then, and I know that his music is a bit more modern, so I think it might be more down the lines of like Marilyn Manson and that kind of thing. But it is, it's him, and then it's his band, so he's like the, the person, and then his band. POD. Absolutely. The past. How can you not mention POD? Absolutely. One, one thing I, I used to love POD and then I found out they were slightly religious because they were from a uh, Spanish Mexican background, aren't they? So yeah. obviously they're pretty Catholic or something. But I hated it then, but now I think they're great. Like, um, Boom is a great song. Yeah. Um, Alive is an amazing song. Yeah. Um, one so, of the riffs. What was that? What was that? Was it on that album? It's another song, didn't they? They had a whole record, then I was like, "This is all about the Matrix." But then I realised the Matrix is just referencing loads of religious stuff anyway. I'm, pre- like I'm pretty sleeping sure the with Zion. <laughs> had a soundtrack. I think it had a soundtrack that had them on it as well. Right. Because they had a song called Satellite. Satellite was their um, first big the record, I think, that really for? broke them over here. For the nation. Right? 
Youth for the Nation was a great song. Oh, that's a tune! Yeah, mate, yeah. That whole, like, new metal, like, with, with, like, rapping, and that whole yeah. time was so fun. Mate, I, I have a new metal it. playlist, and whenever we go to Japan and go to the karaoke rooms, we always just sing new metal songs. <laughs> <laughs> like, the best songs all the time. So, yeah, Youth for the Nation, Boom alive they're probably the best ones yeah um and it's like dan and highly recommend dan, going back and listening to a back catalog of pd of mice and men not to be confused with the book of mice and men yeah um, we did a video about them last year as well so further in depth the band yeah did a cover, oh, cool. cover the cover them last year because uh, they, they recently changed their vocalist, didn't they? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I think his name was Austin something. Yeah, because um, they he, they he left their label, didn't they? They they but they they basically, if I'm if I'm right, I could be wrong, but they was independent for a long time, and then they had a stint on Epitaph or, or one of those independent labels. Then they went inside yeah. a major, and then went we don't like the major, and then went independently. Yeah, they did a thing I think where. One of the albums they released was really mainstream. Yeah. The Flood, I think it was called. Yeah. Or Defy, one of those ones. And it literally sounded, it sounded a lot like Slipknot, but like a really more mainstream version. Right. And it's the same thing that all metalcore bands do. They just, they dumb down the riffs, they add more singing, and they make a little bit more hooks, and then it becomes more, more mainstream. But then the people who liked it originally don't like it anymore. Mm. Um, but yeah, they're... They're a band I never really got into, and I think it's because I was like, why don't I just go listen to Kiltage Engage or As LA Dying instead? Yeah. Like, they were kind of a band that were doing something that bands that I already liked had already been doing years ago. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying they're a bad band, they're, they are really good at what they do, and some of the new songs they've done are really, really popular and really poppy and listenable, but yeah, I've never really got into them. Um, so yeah. And then there was that band. Is it of monsters and men or something? And I thought, oh, I bet, I bet they're like oh, the little nice folk band. They're completely different. Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. completely different. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, bless. I don't really know any of their songs either, so I wouldn't be able to recommend anyone. Just, just go on YouTube and choose the most popular one. Just go and watch um, the video. Baroness, about it. It's got loads of, loads of. Yeah, or watch the yeah, plug, plug your own. <laughs> who, who, who the f is of mice and men? And the darkness are brilliant. Yeah, that. they are. They um, absolutely are. Like I believe in a thing called love is probably one of the songs of a, again songs of a generation. I remember the whole album watching. was exceptionally good. Yeah, and the jingle bells one, don't know the bells ring. That's really good. Yeah, such a the, cool arguably Christmas one of the best Christmas songs of the last twenty years. Yeah, and also, I mean, royalties. I mean, that's probably why they're still. I think they are still going. Like they before this, they did yeah. a festival in Somerset at some point. They, um, um, but I remember. What was that? There was like MTV and Russell Brand used to be the host on it, like when he was younger. And oh yeah. They, it was like it was like T, it was almost like TRL, but the UK version. Yeah. And the, the the darkness were on it, and he was wearing like a leotard, which now makes perfect sense because it was like shock cock rock from like the 80s. But then I didn't really get it. <laughs> and he like climbed up a big pole, and he had like really high singing voice, but could shred like nobody's business. And and they've got a riff that I literally love, and I, I would say it's almost one of my favorite riffs of all time. Um, and it's like the dab, bad, 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 yeah, I think it is. Yeah, and then they have a song growing on me, and it's like, oh, it's all about, yeah, but growing on me is, it's all about, it's all about, um, like genital warts. Yeah, like I think that album came out, and people didn't realize that all of they're they're not quite Steel Panther, but they're Steel Panther. Yeah, yeah. 
disturbed. You must know disturbed, surely. A little bit. I've got a couple of disturbed. Down with the sickness. It's got that's, the lip ring. So they're famously bad. Like they're one of those bands that they are really popular and they're like a stadium metal band and they're like dad they're like dad rock. Yeah. You just put them in a dad a dad new metal. <laughs> to the point that my my dad only just heard about them like a month ago, but my dad loves metal, so I don't know right. why he's only just heard of them. And he's like, This song's good and I was like, Oh my god, dad, don't be embarrassed. It's not disturbed, please um, no. <laughs> yeah, and they they were around God, they've been around for years and they were around the same time like corn. Um, Linkin Park Limp Biscuit, and they had a song Down With The Sickness which is probably the most popular song yeah um, is that the one that goes oh, ah, ah, ah. yeah that's that one yeah. that's the one that's, that's the one the most popular which I always thought was Korn yeah. but it's not yeah and it's and both Korn and Disturbed have a song and the lyrical content is about them being abused as a child like physically oh right so Charming. I think there was like a trend in new metal wasn't it it was like angsty teenagers uh, I hate my dad Yeah, uh, and then the next few bands are really cool. I really like a few of these bands. So Wage War are similar, <coughs> maybe similar to of Mice and Men and uh, North Lane. Like if you like that kind of stuff, you'll like Wage War. Wage War are a metalcore band from America as well. Six string, seven string, low string metalcore. Uh, everyone's ripping off Killswitch Engage pretty much. Yeah. Um, but they're quite popular because they have singing in as well. They did a new album recently that everyone kind of slammed and said it was just too similar to their previous one but more mainstream but I really liked it I thought it was pretty good and that album was called Pressure and my favourite song off that one was Hurt I think because um, a lot of there was a trend where a lot of bands were using one words and titles for their songs yeah. so they've got Fury, Hurt, Low, Ghost, Grave, Prison but that album is just really good so I would say yeah it even says like for people who like bands like Polaris, Dayseeker, and like uh, Moths to Flames, so there's a band that I also like. Die Art is Murder, are an Australian deathcore band. Right. Um, they're really good. They're one of the bands that are kind of still holding the mantle as one of the best deathcore bands of the genre, I suppose. Yeah. Um, they're they're kind of like in a non disrespectful way paint by numbers like they found their thing and it works so they just do it over and over yeah um, they don't bring anything new to the table when they bring out a new album but it doesn't mean it's bad it just means yeah, it's but that's a completely okay because what they yeah, do is exactly. it works there's nothing wrong with that yeah yeah exactly like Metallica didn't really I've change too much in the early years obviously they changed a lot recently but yeah so oh, is Murder are one of my favourite bands in that genre Have you heard of Baby Metal before? No Baby Metal, I've seen Baby Metal. Yeah, so yeah. Japanese band. Two girls now instead of three, because one of them's left. Yeah. Um, but for anyone who doesn't know, Baby Metal are what's what's technically known as an idol group. Right. Uh, in Japan, they have idol groups that have been um, kind of manufactured by record labels and stuff, right. or agencies. And people in Japan get really obsessed with idol groups in the sense that, kind of like when things like Backstreet Boys and Boyzone were big, like everyone's sister or mum or girlfriend had a favourite member yeah. kind of like that like idol groups can have there's one group in Japan called AKB48 and they have 48 members it's ridiculous um, but Baby Metal were the members were all taken from different manufactured but, used to be but heavy as f yeah and then they found a band and the band is, set, is a session band but the band are amazing like, they're like really famous like blues guitarists and stuff right. in Japan like one of them unfortunately passed away recently and they were really good um, but their, their drummer is amazing their guitarists are amazing they have 
cool dance moves. If you like anime, yeah. you'll love it because it is like they are Marmite. You either love them or you absolutely hate them. Yeah. Like, and the people who hate them just haven't really given them enough time to love them because most metal fans, I'm generalizing, but most metal fans like anime and Japanese cartoons and stuff. There's definitely most anime intros. Yeah, most anime intros are like metal songs. They yeah. literally are. Like I, I did a whole video about like my top ten anime intros, and most of them just sounded like metal songs. They mm. don't even sound like an anime intro. So I really like them. One of my favorite songs is Megitsune, which a lot of their song titles are Japanese. And Megitsune is to do with foxes, so they they do this. So instead of doing like the hand with the horns. They do it like this to make it look like a fox. Like a fox. <laughs> um, and I love foxes. I've got loads of tattoos of foxes. I've got fox masks in, in the house because Japan loves them too. They like, think they're mythical and stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's their angle. But yeah, they're cool. I'd like to see them live. They look really good live. I think um, if you listen to like the, the kind of newer, the newest tone of Poppy as well, since Poppy's gone a bit mad. And, uh, oh, Poppy is is heavily inspired by Baby. Definitely, kind of like inspiration there. Hundred yeah, percent. Like the people whoever run Poppy's thing, they would have just gone. We just need an English version of Baby Metal. Yeah. And to be fair, give them their due. No one has done it yet, so she's beat them. They beat them to it because Poppy was a YouTuber who was weird, and she did like ASMR and stuff. Yeah. And she used to be like, "Hi, I'm Poppy," and it was like, it was, it was like an art project, simulation. isn't it? it? Was an art project. Yeah, because I watched a whole video about it, and there was a girl, a girl doing it before that, and then she, uh, they were going out, and then they split up, and then he started going at Poppy, and then it became Poppy that was the girl that did it. Because there is videos and things of her talking normally, just being like, "Yeah, I, I, I am this girl, Poppy," and she's on like radio shows and stuff. I, I did a. I did a video about her last year as well because she she played Reading and Leeds and it was sometimes like I spend like an hour researching a band or you know a couple of hours tops I must have spent six or seven hours just going through stuff with Poppy just being oh, really? like what yeah. is happening because there's brain. that guy <laughs> on YouTube who does the like before they were famous videos he's really cool and he talks like what Poppy before they were famous like he's like really overly American and he did a whole video about it and it was really interesting um, but yeah Baby Metal is is the original definitely what what if you put kawaii dancing and singing over metal it would be amazing and that's what happened and then they they blew up massively like they're international they're more famous than the rest of the world than they are in japan yeah like people i speak to people in japan and they've never even heard of them mm. like, they're like the biggest bands ever come out of japan ever and it's they were like going on tour with like judas Priest, slayer like metallica and stuff and like they're they don't even they didn't really like metal i can guarantee they probably don't even like it like yeah. They appreciate it now and they appreciate the fans and stuff, but they probably don't listen to metal privately because it's just a job for them. Yeah, it's just a job. Well, and enough. then that that formed a band called Ladybeard, have you heard of them? No. And that's a guy if you've watched the latest Paul Hollywood documentary when he goes to Japan, he meets the guy from Ladybeard. Right. And he is a Australian wrestler really long hair and beard but he wears a maid outfit and he sings in a band called Ladybeard or he did but he doesn't anymore and it was like basically like baby metal like he would sing in Japanese and the girls would sing and they would do little dances and stuff Brilliant. but it was cool because it was like heavy heavy as anything Corn, obviously talk about corn for hours we could couldn't we we're well, talking about new metal loads thing. in this in this in this episode but like in this corn chat, is but... another band that i i'm not really a fan of but i love the songs that they've done that i yeah. like so i loved that they actually branched out and did a, a, an album with skrillex yeah that, that was cool it, and it was so um, on point with what was happening in that scene yeah. at the time i mean it new metal worked. was pretty much 
in that era anyway, and then Skrillex, Skrillex was in a pop punk band or hardcore band. He was in f first to last. Well, I think if you, if you look at like what, what, how, how new metal formed, it was like, right, let's see what happens when we blend genres. So to then go, right, well, let's just take what yeah, we've got and totally. blend it with something else, that works really well. We saw him a couple of years ago, and I was like, I know every record they're playing. This is an amazing show. They were yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah, the most famous genre blend ever was like Run DMC and Aerosmith. Absolutely. Like, so if they did it and it worked and they didn't think it would, that was yeah, amazing. Absolutely. Um, but Korn, yeah, like they were one of the first bands, or I think the first band, as in a band, not an instrumentalist, that used seven string guitars. Right. So seven string guitars now aren't even really that heavy anymore. It's more like eight and nine. And there's even 10, which is insane. So what it adds, it just adds. Well, I've got an example for you here. So this is a seven string guitar. Yeah. So you can see there's an extra low string on the bottom. Yeah. Whereas most people were just down tuning the six strings. Right. So there's a guy called Steve Steve Vai, who's really famous instrumentalist. So he's just like a solo project, but he's the most famous, probably most famous solo guitarist ever. Um, and he worked with a company called Ibanez, who I'm a massive fan of, and I've got a few of their guitars. And he has his own signature guitar that was a seven string because he needed the extra range. So if you think like a piano, you can only go so far, but with a yeah. piano, you can go really far. You can go down all the way to like A, zero, yeah, yeah, yeah. super low. Uh, with a guitar, you couldn't go that far and they weren't making strings really thick enough to down tune the guitar that you already had. So he and Ibanez collaborated and made um, a guitar called the Universe. Um, and it's just a seven string guitar. And then Korn then got those guitars and then played them even lower, so they tuned down again, um, like a whole step. So they were in a traditional D standard tuning, which is the whole step below E, but then with an extra low string on the end. Right. Um, and it was heavy as anything. It was probably the heaviest thing I'd ever heard yeah. at the age of 12. And if you see them live with, with like those big old speakers, then those those just hit your chest. And yeah, one thing that you can remember with Korn is uh, Fieldy's bass. I don't know if it's intentional, but it sounds horrible. It sounds. I always say it sounds like a bag of bones. It's all like because he plays like slap bass, yeah. but it's really low tune, so it just flops around. Yeah. Um, but they were for, for what they were doing in the era that they were doing it in is insane. And they actually have a music video with Aaron Paul in it from Breaking Bad. No way. Yeah. That's hilarious. And uh, it was like the first, one of the first things he was ever in. And I think the song's called Faultless by Corn. And they had they were definitely a, a big. Uh, I think it's either Thoughtless or Here to Stay, and those are probably two of the songs they put on the playlist as well. Um, they were one of the first bands that were doing that kind of angsty teen, I hate my parents music mm. that New Metal was kind of coined for, because they actually came out a lot earlier than bands like Linkin Park and Limp Bizkit, I think. Or yeah, I think Corn right. and Limp Bizkit came out around at the same time, but then Linkin Park. I think you're right. Linkin Park were actually like the babies, the babies of New Metal, but they were the, one of the most famous ones now. Yeah, night. Oh, Corn is nine ninety. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I was going to say I thought it's they insane. were. I thought they were. Freak on a leash. Now, Freak on a leash has to go on the playlist. It's, That's the song. It's the record, isn't it? It's amazing, and the video is spectacular. Yeah. It goes from like animation and into that slow mo bullet going through it, everything. It's drawn by. Um, McFarlane is it the guy does Spawn and all those McFarlane toys oh right I didn't know that that's why it's so good right yeah, that's why it's so good and one funny little fact is the reason why they are and their name is backwards is just because of Toys R Us no way as in they just was like that's cool isn't it <laughs> just <laughs> did it just did it I think Slipknot did a similar thing as well but um, yeah Korn were definitely the first like angsty I hate my parents band and like I said they had a song um, that is about him being kind of molested I think it is molested uh, as a child um because that's why the album's called Issues. Right. They're awesome. But again, I, I'm not a massive fan of them, but, but yeah, the songs like, that they've done, I yeah. love. Like, yeah, like 
Thoughtless, Here to Stay, Freak on a Leash, Blind, like all those songs, Twist as well, like all those songs are just like so good. Um, and they did a cover of, um, and in the video they're all dogs, like they're like chihuahuas. <laughs> Oh, I, um, I recognise that. Oh, Word Up. Yeah, That's word up. it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bad, it's safe, that one. Yeah, Mel B did a cover of it as well, didn't she? That, their cover um, of that is brilliant though, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, cause it's, it just works. The song was by, who was it by? Um, uh, oh yeah, here it is. Cameo? Cameo, that's it. Yeah, Cameo. Fun yeah. fact, when I used to make, when I used to be a, a DJ, uh, like when I was 17, I was cool Cameo. <laughs> brilliant. If I if I did that, I'd put it a K as well. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, they did a cover of that and it was amazing. So yeah, you could put so many songs on there. But Absolutely. I think Frequent Leash has to be, has to be the it's one. It's my favourite. And then System of a Down, you, obviously you know System of a Down, everyone knows System of a Down. First record I bought by myself as a an 11 year old boy, January the 20th, 2001, I went and bought Toxicity. What? Toxicity, yeah. Oh, spectacular album. Toxicity is the first album I heard too, but then you realise it's their second album. Yeah, it's just so Sugar the first like, one. Uh, no, it's just it's just it's called, called System of a Down, but it's got Sugar on it. Yeah, Sugar is on it, yeah. And Sweet Pea and yeah. No. Um, and they are very interesting. I don't know what, again, I don't know what genre they fall into. Um, I, you can listen to, because I think I think Toxicity was produced by Rick Rubin, wasn't it? Um, as, oh, yeah. as he was moving into that All whole like, big, loud, new metal sound. And he he always just said, like, he heard yeah. this band that was an Armenian folk band playing big, bullshit, loud metal music. And it was like nothing you'd ever heard of before, yeah. but it works. And if you describe them as that, everyone's yeah, going to go, that's, shut that's, up, yeah. that's Armenian not going to work. Folk, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Armenian folk music is te- definitely what I would say. They they are definitely a folk metal band, but not folk in the sense that they use like deedly deedly deedly. Yeah, kind of I know thing. they're not like some medieval yeah. folk that's just like because that's the thing. Traditional they are Armenian just music. categorized now as alternative metal. I think that's the only way you can describe it because even even on their Wikipedia thing it says the genres in Toxicity range from folk, progressive rock, jazz, Armenian music, and Greek music. And then they use a sitar, a banjo, keyboards, and a piano. Yeah. And then obviously he does his like raw voice, yeah. which I can never believe comes out of him. Yeah. And they like went on tour with Slipknot and all this kind of stuff. But that album, that Toxicity, is just from start to finish is amazing. Yeah. All the way through. Every album they've done up until a certain point is wall to wall bangers. Yeah. The first two literally just all the way through. I'm not a massive fan of them anymore. And they are apparently still going on tour next year. They've rescheduled. But the last I read, they all hate each other, and the drummer has publicly come out as defending Donald Trump, which is a bit weird. Right, interesting. Because they've got a whole song about the Armenian genocide and stuff, yeah. which would be odd that they then... It would be interesting they're supporting someone like, like the, Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, and that was when I actually... When I started Shameless shameless Confession, started loving the Kardashian TV show, <laughs> and and then learning more about Armenia, I was like, ah, oh, that's where System of an Owner from. Because they all, I always remember they all had like really interesting names, like Shavo uh, Adagian and like yeah. Darren Malakian and all that kind of stuff, and Serge Takian. And I thought they were just made up names. I didn't realize they were probably their actual names because they're from Armenia. Um, yeah. But yeah, they, they, like, I've never seen them live, and it's probably one of those things I would regret forever, but I don't think I was ever, ever old enough to have gone to see them on my own. Um, same with Slipknot. I wish I would have seen Slipknot in like 2001, but yeah. I was, again, too, too young to see them. Um, and watching videos of them, they're, they're a pretty big mess, to be fair. Like, watching videos of them now from like 2005, it's like, wow, that's not great. Mm-hmm. But 
it's of its era. It's the music they yeah. were making. It was angry. It was loud. It was. And it was supposed to be a bit shit. Like, yeah, and they're amazing. And like, if I was going to go to download this year, that would be the one band I would have wanted to see. Wholeheartedly. Just because I've never seen them, and that would be the biggest thing for me to just be like, wow, I've now seen Sizzle of Flame. But yeah, you can like any any song, Chop Suey, Toxicity. Oh, what interesting fact as well. So carry on. I'll uh, tell you I was going to say no. Like they um, they played Reading in 2013. I think it was my little brother's first year. He was 16 years old, and uh, we. Yeah. I was with a load of people that just didn't want to see it, see them. So I didn't see them, and it was the probably the biggest regret I've ever done. Because yeah. <laughs> I just love like, them so much. If you look at the, um, I don't know if it's like it anymore, but it, the last time we checked, because we regularly check the iTunes charts for like popular music so I can do videos on them and stuff yeah. and I'm pretty sure both Chop Suey and Toxicity were in the top 10 ever since they came out up until now what like the alternative ne- charts as in like as in, in iTunes metal genre chart so like even if you go on Apple Music and sort by genre and put them in chart to- I'm pretty sure literally up until this year um, that Chop Suey and Toxicity have both been in that chart since they were released so since Mental. 2001 or something They've never left, and Enter Sandman's in there ever since 1991 or something. That's crazy. Like, so it's definitely. I think it was even number. I think Chop Suey or Toxic Seat was number one. Yeah. Like, how insane! Like, I remember sitting in maths class at school, and I believe it or not, I I didn't really enjoy school, and <laughs> I didn't really care that much. I used to sit at the back and listen to music, and I didn't even used to wear a uniform. Sometimes I used to wear metal T-shirts, and I can't believe I got away with it. To be fair. <laughs> Uh, and my mate was like listen to this and you'd like have one headphone and it was like what the hell is this and it was Top Sue I think and I was like this is insane Yeah. and I need to hear more of it and then you realise they had another album and you're like oh my god there's another album Yeah. and then you're just like I was just starting to learn to play guitar so I was like I need to learn like, Aerials is probably one of my favourite songs stunning time. absolutely stunning um, and the production is brilliant especially if you listen to it on the album yeah especially listen to it on the album and it has all the folk singing at the end yeah. like the traditional singing and it goes on for ages like before it gets to the next Love song it. and yeah finding out then that Rick Rubin did that and then did Slipknot and then did like Beastie Boys and all that kind of stuff or and then they did I think he did Adele and Beyonce recently as well like so about, well, uh, and then we watched a documentary about him and then you realise that he is like the most eclectic person ever yeah like him and his mate didn't they they started Def Jam didn't they uh he yes owned, yes or he started it but I don't know if he owns yes. it anymore but him and Thingy Sims isn't it uh Russell Simmons Russell yeah. Sims yeah. Russell Simmons like they did Def Jam and yeah. he is one of the most iconic people of all time, but he's just just like hippie white guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is insane. <laughs> but then I said, like, was a was a songwriter on Adele and Beyonce's latest albums, and did Slipknot's third album, like um, Volume Three. And Corey Taylor famously came out and said he was one of the worst producers he's ever worked with <laughs> because he's like, why are we paying all this money to never show up? Is that like, well, he's a producer? He's not an engineer. He just mm. shows up and talks through the overall. I think he expected him to be there all the time, like saying, yeah. "Why don't you try this and why don't you try that?" And he didn't do that. And he's like, "I haven't got time for that." And he, he's he's recently apologised, I think, because he's like, "I realise how much of an idiot I was." But yeah, some yeah. of the I think I think every new metal album potentially he was involved with at some point. He was involved in a lot of big ones. A lot. Of, I think a couple yeah. of the late Linkin Park records he did as well. Um, yeah, like he's just a, a just a monster of a producer, absolute monster. Yeah, and it's just but like that would be. But that that system of down to finish finish off the uh, the Sunday is just absolutely brilliant. Yeah, what a band to finish on! Oh my god, that would have been 
that would have been so good. Well, if they if yeah. they if they change the lineup to the same next year, I think I might have to at least get a day ticket. Thank you so much to Jamie for taking time out of his day to record like two hours worth of footage nattering on about a festival that never went on. This has been a really fun episode to, to do and talk about and I really appreciate everyone for, for tuning in. Um, you can go check out Jamie's channel. His It's called Jamie Slays. There'll be a link in the description. He's absolutely brilliant. And really kind of... Um, I used to work with Jamie and, and his work really inspired me to move on to do this so you have him to thank for a lot of, a lot of what I do so uh, thanks again for everyone for tuning in and thanks for Jamie so much and uh, yeah we'll see you next week for I think probably our top 50 records of 2020 so far all oh, that's going to be a fun one cheers